This podcast is sponsored by tenofthose.com. Tenofthose.com handpick the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. Last week, Felicity flagged up John Oshman's new book, Cultural Counterfeits. This week, it's an older book. It's a devotional by Dale Ralph Davies, The Way of Righteous in the Muck of Life. And it's a devotional on Psalms 1 to 12 that does exactly what the title suggests. It carefully, even clearly, delightfully walks you through the first 12 Psalms, showing us what it looks like for those trusting in Christ to keep going, to keep journeying with him in the muck of life. If you're looking to spend some time in the Psalms for your own Bible time, I'd highly recommend grabbing a copy of this from tenofthose.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Felicity and I live in America and this is my sister Sarah and she's in the UK. We are so excited for this second episode in season five and we're going to be jumping into the first 16 verses of Psalm 119. But first, before we do that, Sarah, what is in your cup? Hello. Well, uh, in my cup today is a standard Yorkshire brew. Very, yet very unexciting, but classic, you know, good way to open up the season, I think. And um, paired paired today with some Easter chocolate. Ah, I remember now. Sarah, as a child, had Easter chocolate long beyond everyone else in the family. (laughs) I do have one child like that, and I think they'll probably be eating their Easter chocolate at Christmas. (laughs) Smugly, with everyone else watching longingly. (laughs) What have you got? I've also gone for a Yorkshire tea, actually, but really the, the, the gem of this is the cup, which is a cup which both my husband and I very much enjoy. It's the sort of cup where you offer to make a cup of tea for the other person so that you get to be the one that picks which cup you have. He's actually away at the moment, so I'm just making the most of make the most no one. Cup. Yeah, no one can Why, why would you not buy two cups? I have considered it many times, and <laughs> I don't know why I haven't done that, but maybe I will. <laughs> okay, well, before we get into the text itself today, um, we just want to say thank you so much for everyone who's piled in with a question about Psalm 119 in the run-up to the season. It's really great. It's really helpful to um, hear these questions, many of which we have yeah. <laughs> and we'll be aiming to answer for ourselves as we go through this season. Felicity, do you want to just share with us um, the first question that we're going to have a little think through before we get stuck in? Yeah, so this was a question actually that we had from a few different people and it was about the wholeheartedness of the psalmist. And the question is really, can we possibly be as wholehearted as the guy writing the psalm seems to mm. be? Is he, is he setting an unrealistic standard or what's going on with that? What do we do with that? Because it can feel make us feel guilty or just that we're going to fail every step of the way. Yeah, such a good question, isn't it? So helpful. And I think that probably just gets to the heart of all of our hearts as we start reading this psalm, doesn't it? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, the short answer is no, we cannot (laughs) be wholehearted like what we're reading. Um, But the psalmist isn't wholehearted either, as we'll start to see in this first opening um, two kind of chunks. So I think hold on and wait for what we what we kind of delve into. Um, But also the other answer is yes, because Jesus is the only one who can ever be wholehearted in praying this psalm. Um, he's the one who's fulfilled it. He's the one who can ultimately pray it with complete wholeheartedness. And because as believers, we are in Christ, um, as we were saying last time, it's like he's the choir leader and we can join in as his choir, um, as Mr. Ash put it. We can we can kind of sing and learn to pray and learn to live this um, because he has gone ahead of us and obeyed wholeheartedly for us. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. So you kind of have that that in Christ we can, mm-hmm. but then there's also the tension 
the the now and the not yet the the we're of oh, spirit yeah, and flesh so yeah. we're kind and of we're frustrated feel... in that and te- yeah. and the, I think that tension of like oh kind of want to be there but I just can't but I think yeah and that health that is a healthy tension that we're going to get into right yeah. now in fact, right now right now what? okay so I'm going to read um verse 1 to 16 of Psalm 119 are you ready yes, yes. okay Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Thank you, Sarah. Wow. I mean, the start, let's just jump into those first three verses to begin with and just notice Mm -hmm. they are statements, like they're kind of objective truths. We were saying last week, the you and the I is so big in this psalm, but actually these first three verses, they're kind of just descriptive, aren't they? They're just like, this is what it is. To yeah. be this, well, this is the only place that we don't have the U's and the I's. So out of all the 176 verses in the whole psalm, this is the only place where we don't get that. This is like the kind of, well, I think it feels like he's presenting the ideal. This is what the best life looks like. This is what the blessed life is, isn't it? Yes. And so what we have there is this picture of someone walking according to the law and seeking them with the whole heart. So, so at the very start, we've got this kind of, not just hearing the word, but also doing the word, but also heartfelt seeking out mm-hmm. of the Lord through his word. So it's kind of holistic. The whole person is set up in this picture. Yeah. This is, so this is, the, this is the ideal in terms of what life, the best life looks like, isn't it? Um, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture of walking according to the Lord's, way, the Lord's ways, isn't it? Yes. Um, those who do no wrong but follow his ways um yeah it's it's wonderful isn't it and i think what comes out of it is just like god's character in it mm-hmm. because it's following his ways immediately the ways of the lord are connected with god himself yes and you see that don't you then in verse 4 you have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed and and, and we're we're into the psalmist speaking with the Lord. And then I just love verse five. Oh, that my ways were steadfast and obeying. It's like the laments of like, ah, that's the ideal. And I'm not, (laughs) I'm not ideal. This is the reality, isn't it? This is the like real life. I, yeah. If I really consider where I am, I'm not steadfast and I'd be put to shame as I consider all your commands. I think that's just so helpful, isn't it? Because you're just like, that's my heart. That's where I am. That Of course, I would be put to shame when I consider all your commands. Like, oh, that I would have steadfast ways like this. Yeah. What we've just seen in verses one to four. I don't. 
I know. And then it's interesting, isn't it? What he does with that kind of lament, like, and I feel like it is so heartfelt with the, oh, and the kind of like, oh, so annoyed that I'm not like that. And he doesn't just stop there, failed, done, but actually then um, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. And I think at the heart of that is as he sees God through his word. Mm -hmm. So he longs to praise him and to be obedient. I I think, and what we're going to see again and again through this Psalm is that God's word and God are never far from each other. Like they are so integrated that as you hear the word, so you know God, as you seek out obedience to his commands, so you're seeking out the Lord and you're kind of coming nearer to God as you do that. Yeah. Absolutely. And it is really striking, isn't it, that in his lament, the first thing that he does is to turn to the Lord in praise um, mm-hmm. and praise. And he, the only reason he can pray, praise with an upright heart is because of this covenant promise that we could have said last time. That's the kind of wallpaper of the psalm, the promises that his hope is is built on. Um, that's the reason that he can praise with an upright heart. But as he learns the Lord's righteous laws, as he learns the the Lord's righteous ways, there's kind of like suggestion there that then he will praise him with more and more of an upright heart as he grows in godliness. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think that's right. And I think we'll see that as we go on through the Psalm, this kind of, like it feels like, and there's actually a phrase later on in the Psalm, this kind of enlarged heart. And it feels like that's what goes on that as he hears the, the words, then this heart kind of grows in the ability to desire him and to long for him and yeah. kind of almost sort of still seems to feed each other. And I, there is this it, tension though, isn't there? And we get that tension at the end of the stanza where it says, I'll obey your decrees. Like I want to obey. And yet he was also saying, don't utterly forsake me. Like I yeah. know my heart. I know where I stand without you. Like I need your salvation in order to <laughs> even have the desire to obey. Like it is, I think it's just helpful seeing that tension all the way through at the start, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the forsaking there, like if he was to be forsaken, that's not that's not possible because he's in the covenant promise, isn't it? So he's mm-hmm. kind of, he's relying and calling on the God who he knows and the promise yeah. who God ha- that God has made. Therefore, do not utterly forsake me because I am I'm striving and running, but I'm covenantly covered. As I see, yeah, oh, yeah, nice phrase, covenantly <laughs> covered. Um, yeah, like he's kind of like he's absolutely dependent on God's faithfulness to keeping His promise, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but then there is like so the the kind of second um, stanza, the second chunk um, from verse nine, does start to kind of answer the question though, doesn't it? Of how well, what does it look like to kind of aim for that blessed life at the top there, doesn't it? And he kind of asked this question, what does it look like to stay on this path of purity? Well, it's by living according to your word. Um, so it's like God's given this means of grace in his word to enable us to grow and to strive for this wholeheartedness, even though we know in our hearts we will never be able to fully obey. Mm. And I think, Sarah, I think that's absolutely right. Then we have this living according to your word. So I think there's two kind of like nuances to that. You've got the word, like literally hearing what God says, but also in word, we also have God's promises. So we are living according to God's grace in the promise that he has given. And so, you know, that whole thing of the promise that God has promised to be our God and we he's promised that we will be his people. And I feel like you're kind of encompassed within that as we yeah. then seek to live 
according to his word. And this whole idea of do not let me stray from your commands. And then in verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And the reality in that is that we have a sinner speaking here, don't we? Because he knows that he does stray and that he does sin in his heart. I think rather than reading that as a like, wow, this guy, like, is he really not going to sin? Is he really not going to stray? Well, no, he does stray. And, he is, and that's why he's speaking to God like this. And I just think that is something. Do we speak to God like that about the reality of the fact that we do stray and we do sin? Like, I think I'm more likely when I know I'm sinning or when I'm aware of my sin to kind of try and like move on and just, oh, I'll just pretend that didn't happen with God or, and just kind of, but actually to say to God, like, I do stray, please help me. So yeah, that I and don't. please use this means of grace, your word, and hide that in my heart in to enable me to grow. And I love like just as we kind of go on in that, just the the emphasis on his mouth. So he's um, with his lips, he's recounting all the laws, all the judgments, and like as it talks about the words, laws, teachings, precepts. Like this is this isn't just specific commands in the Bible. This is this think think the whole the whole Bible, the whole, whole stories, the whole promises, as you were saying earlier, just like the kind of all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so recounting the kind of who we are in Christ, for example, recounting that um, and just, you, you know, using our mouths. I guess we do that when we sing songs together at church, don't we? Or we do that when we can speak truth to one another and recounting that with our lips. And then with our, his head as well, he's meditating on, um, your precepts and considering your ways so actually really thinking through well, what does this mean for me mm. what does this look like for me to follow this and then with the heart I delight in your decrees I'll not neglect your words so I think for me that's just been really really helpful drawing out okay there's there's something to do with my lips and the way that I speak here there's something to do with my head and the way that I think here and there's something to do with the outpouring of my heart in response with them with the mouth and the head I love that, Sarah. I hadn't noticed that when uh, I was reading it. And I think that is so helpful. And, and so are you, are you then saying that that then helps us to get to where this guy is? Well, I think, yeah, I think there is, there is something in the kind of, as you create habits in doing those things, you then hunger more and more for what the Lord wants, don't you? So as you hide the word in your heart or as you th- intentionally think about it, you're then more likely to pray in light of it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Or as I, for example, as I've been kind of trying to re- memorise some of this, um, I'm more likely to be thinking about on it on it during the day and therefore I'm more likely to pray it. And I think just we're never going to be, you know, as we kind of keep saying, like yeah. Jesus is the one who can wholeheartedly pray this um but that doesn't mean this isn't here for us to try and head in that direction because we want to be becoming more like him don't we yeah and I absolutely because and we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us so we are able to to like we're able to run in that direction aren't we because we are in Christ we're not able to reach the perfect fulfillment of it but we long and we strive and our hearts grow in desire for that I I love this yeah I love what you're saying there that as we then do speak it and think on it and then rejoice and I think that's right because it is quite hard and challenging to think how do I actually hide the word in my heart like how do I really let the word sink into my heart and change me change like the way that I am striving for the Lord. Yeah, and not just doing that because I feel like I ought to, not just doing that because we know, you know, this is a well-known verse, isn't it? Oh, I hide the word of my heart. But like not just doing that because 
like that's that's something I ought to do. But actually, he's doing it here as an essential way to guard himself from sin. And he's like the context here is he is a sinner in need of grace, and he's just recounting the different ways that he can actually grow mm-hmm. in understanding God's love, basically, and what it looks like to live in light of that. And I think just having that context, like. In terms of, you know, this is a song of the heart, as we were saying last time, like just reminding ourselves, this is a song. This is a heartfelt kind of wrestle in prayer that this um, guy is having with the Lord. And that's where we need to land, isn't it? Like we want to understand these words so that we can feel it and so that we can then pray, pray in what we're feeling and reading. And I think that's when actually verse 16 is really helpful. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And having, if you just had that verse, you'd be like, whoa, how do I, how do I actually delight? It's, it's, you can't jump straight into delight, can you? But as we think on God and what he's done and who he is and what he's said, and as we rejoice in that and we meditate on that, and so we delight in your decrees and we get this theme all the way through the psalm and the rejoicing and the delighting and the kind of the joy mm-hmm. seems to be the means by which this person is able to run God's way more. And I don't know whether we make that connection very often, like joy in the Lord being a means of walking his way. Yeah. Keeping going, fighting sin, striving to be obedient. Yeah. There's going to be, you know, as we'll see later in the psalm, like there's so much being thrown at this guy and like, it's like, he's in survival mode here. And this is just beginnings. Like this is the kind of the introduction to what it looks like to, to keep going in the Lord, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think, wow, what a challenge on our own hearts. Like time's already gone, isn't it? But I just, <laughs> it's so good for our hearts just to be here and going, wow, do I have this desire? Like, yeah. Yeah, really challenging. Sarah, why don't you pray for us as we as we close? Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, Father, we just thank you so much that this psalm is here for our upbuilding, for our encouragement to show us much of Christ and Oh Lord, we praise you that he he um, is able to pray this wholeheartedly. And with him, as um, as those in Christ, we are able to long for this way. We are able to long for living this out. Lord, we need your help. We um, fall so short and yet we have this desire in us, Lord, and we just pray, would you help us? Would you help us to, to gaze at you and to um, dwell on your words so that we may also um, grow to be more like the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in for this um, as we've kicked off Psalm 119. So excited to be getting into it over the next few weeks. We would love it if you could leave us a review. We're so encouraged by every review that we read. We really do read them all. And we particularly, Ruth, thank you for this one. She wrote, this podcast is 20 minutes of joy. Come for the tea and biscuit chat. Stay for the brilliant Bible study, which honestly feels like you could join in any time. And I frequently do in my head. End up feeling like one of the family. Ruth just thrilled our <laughs> hearts to be reading that. So thank so you great. so much. And please, everyone do read, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. We would so appreciate it um, so that more people can join our family Bible study. Like Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you all next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. It's sponsored by tenofthose.com. Check them out for great discounted resources that point to Jesus.